Registration is now open for SAJ Summit 2017. Taking place May 11th at Chicago's Navy Pier, we'll have leading speakers in digital marketing, SEO, social media, and more. Use code NERD for $50 off any ticket type. Learn more at our website, searchenginejournal.com. Audible.com is a leading provider of audiobooks. Sign up today for a free 30-day trial at searchenginejournal.com forward slash audible and get your first book for free. We're sitting on the most perfect beach in the world and all we can think about is where... Where can I hook up my model? Digital pen part of work. Yeah, you apparently didn't put one of the new cover sheets on your TPS report. So should we send it to first? Just a couple of people. The question is, who are they going to send it to? This podcast is brought to you by Search Engine Journal, and you're listening to Marketing Nerds. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Marketing Nerds. My name is Danielle Antos. I'm joined today by Mandy Russell and Kathleen Garvin. Mandy, if you want to start by introducing yourself, tell everyone who you are and what you do. All right. My name is Mandy Russell, and I am a communications editor for Gurkich and Company. Uh, a content marketing agency, um, and we all work remotely. So I'm actually in Mexico right now. Awesome. And Kathleen, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me on another podcast. Uh, like you mentioned, my name is Kathleen Marvin, and I'm an editor and marketing strategist at The Penny Hoarder. And The Penny Hoarder is one of the world's largest personal finance websites. And in my role, I'm actually transitioning into more of a marketing PR role, but currently I'm still an editor and I manage our outside contributors and I'm usually the first line of defense, I like to say, in the editor inbox when people pick <laughs> articles for the website. Very nice. Um, so what we want to talk about, this actually started, Kathleen and Mandy kind of had a conversation on Twitter and then we kind of had a really long thread of emails <laughs> that morphed into this podcast. Um, what we kind of want to talk about was burning out in the digital age is the title of it. Um, so there's just a lot of new technologies, right? Um, Mandy's working remotely. I actually work remotely. I live in um, Chicago, but the whole FCJ team is completely remote. Mm-hmm. And kind of with this new working world, as it were, um, that was a lot of alliteration. (laughs) Um, I do like alliteration. Um, Things have changed, right? So it's not the normal nine to five. The three of us definitely don't work that way. And um, more and more people are not working with that, Mm -hmm. not working that way. And with that comes a lot of challenges. So what kind of new pressures do you guys notice that we have today that we didn't have, even say like 10 years ago? So I'm thinking of like our parents and our grandparents they would work for the same company for 35, 40 years. They'd retire. There was a lot of loyalty, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which I think that's gone down, but also the technological change. How do, how do you think that's changed the way that we work with pressure-wise specifically? All right, Kathleen, if you want to go first. Sure. So this is you know, everything you touched on. I feel like we hear so much about. It's been a topic of conversation in the last couple of years, and you know, it's personal to me too, because, you know, like you mentioned, people used to work for companies for long periods of time. And my dad actually just retired a couple of months ago on Halloween. And he retired from his job of 40 years, which, you know, right, I feel like that generation for sure is one of the last that will ever, you know, experience a career path like that, where, you know, Mm -hmm. my dad got his job at 19, started on his 19th birthday. And, you know, from there worked at the company for 40 years. And, you know, I am 29 years old and I'm in my third job since graduating Mm -hmm. from college. Mm -hmm. So it's a wildly different landscape that way. 
Um, unlike you and Mandy, I don't work completely remote, but we do have the option to work one day a week remote, whether that's, you know, at home, which we're located in St. Petersburg, or really work from wherever. So I work from Philadelphia, which is where I'm from and other areas across the country. And, you know, we also are not a traditional nine to five job. We're, you know, at our heart, we're a media company. So of course, media is 24 seven. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think even just being in that industry, uh, as both of you can relate to as well, it's just kind of, you know, always something going on, always the conversation happening. And yeah, you know, it's just, it's hard to work for an industry like that and kind of not feel like you do need to check in and be available. And of course, there's so much out there, social media and other, you know, other pieces of technology that mm-hmm. further drive that point home that you're always available to be contacted. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Well, and I think too, that part of the big uh, change, part of the big switch that's happened in the past couple of de- well, the past decade or so, is that there's so little privacy anymore, what with the internet and with social media, that not only do your employers know more of what's going on with your life, but you know more of what's going on in your friends' lives. And you kind of get that life ADHD a little bit where you're like, well, I'm working this job, but the grass looks greener over here. Maybe I need to try that out. Mm -hmm. And I think that helps to propel us toward this um, burning out feeling where, well, everybody else seems happier than I do, or I'm not as successful or what have you. And you know, I know I look around a lot and I see my colleagues and my coworkers and they're doing these amazing things. And I wonder if that's something I should be doing. Am I doing things correctly? So it's just kind of that I I would have loved to find a company where I could stay for 40 years and feel like I really made a contribution. And yet I do this job hopping thing because I keep thinking the next step, the next step, the next one's going to be the right one. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it keeps life interesting, but I know too that employers look at it and they're just, well, how long are you going to stay with us? What, what should we expect from you? So it's a little, it's a little hard on the career, I guess. It is like with SCJ, um, I've been with them, I think going on four, four and a half years now, mm-hmm. wow. which is <laughs> That's a long, long time actually. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I might be off by a year because <laughs> my memory isn't what it used to be, but um, it's definitely been, three or four years for sure. And it's one of the things that the reason that I've stayed as long as I have is because my position keeps growing and changing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm having that forward movement in the same, at the same company. Mm-hmm. Um, if I didn't have that, I would definitely be jumping around. And uh, I worked for a company that I'm not going to give the glory of mentioning their name up to. Uh, <laughs> Anyways, so it was a very large company with a really awesome domain name that builds websites, and um, they also bought a bunch of little other companies, so they do a lot of stuff. They do copy, so there was copywriting, there was social media, they did um, development, all kinds of things like that. Mm-hmm. And even within that position, within that job, and I was there almost two years, I moved around within the, the company. Because, yeah, you're always looking forward, you're always looking for the next mm-hmm. kind of great thing, but it's just, it's interesting because... My dad was in the military for 20-some-odd years, and then he worked for a state job. And he had a few other little filler jobs there, but 
mostly he stays, you know, with the same company, and I think that's very normal mm-hmm. for, you know, our parents' and grandparents' generation. And like Kathleen, you were saying, your dad retiring from after 40 years, it's very common. So I'm wondering if it's kind of building, like, that seeking the next great thing, that kind of gratification, if that's not why we're moving around, or if it's got more to do with the employers themselves. I suppose that's a different conversation. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But do you think with the shift, with the the negativities that come with it, the always feeling on, always feeling like you can't really unplug, do you think the trade-off is worth it? So for me, I have a, uh, she just turned one-year-old, a daughter, and I'm able to spend a lot of time with her, which is extremely important to me. I want to be present for her childhood. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it, it kind of is good that I can check my email in bed. But at the same time, I am i don't ever feel like I'm off. And so do you guys, I, I don't know what your experiences are with, you know, the priorities in your life, whether it's traveling or whatnot. But do you feel like the trade-offs are worth it? And uh, Mandy, if you want to go first for this one. Well, so something that's always been very important to me has been travel and With my previous positions, I was based in a city. I went to an Mm -hmm. office nine to five. It was very structured, very regimented. And when I started working for Gergich, it was a completely different ballgame. I'm working from home. I can do whatever I like. I can work in my pajamas. I can roll over, open my laptop, (laughs) and answer email while I'm still in bed. And that has been a freedom that I never knew was possible because Mm -hmm. it helped me move from Dallas to San Diego it allowed me to take this opportunity and work remotely this month from Mexico. And next month I'm going to work remotely from Colombia and I'm not, and I'm not taking vacation time. I'm not having to use my, you know, precious PTO (laughs) to explore a new place. I work nine to five here and then I go out and I explore and I do things on the weekends. And that has been huge for me. Um, and it's, only because of the internet and being connected and my employers knowing that if we need Mandy, we can just message her and it's fine. And it can be 8 PM, but if we absolutely need her, she's there, even though she's in Mexico. Right. You know, you have to take the bad with the good. The bad is that I see all my friends who are doing all of these amazing things and I want to be successful or just like we said, grass is greener, but then I get to follow my dream and my love of travel while still working. And that's pretty freaking fantastic. Yeah, definitely. And Kathleen, what's your take? Sure. I think you hit the nail on the head, you know, about taking the good with the bad. I think you have to, the internet does give us so many possibilities to work remotely or work a completely internet based job, which is so great. And, you know, something that, I think our generation might be the first ones who fully take advantage of. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's something you hear a lot more of. You see more people doing it. I, someone in my network quit their traditional PR job and, you know, built this brand with her blog over the course of a couple of years and was steadily building a freelance client base. And then finally took the leap last year and, you know, is doing well and very, you know, she's happy and has freedom. Everything that both of you touched on the opportunity to, you know, maybe not if you have like, say, 10 days off a year, really have to struggle if, you know, you've got life and weddings and vacations you want to take. And um, it's so difficult. Even I feel like if you have a pretty generous uh, PTO package, it, it really is. There's always so much going on. And 
Yeah, it, it does make things difficult for sure. Uh, in terms of always feeling on, I realized that, you know, I feel like a, something else that was kind of topic of conversation maybe a year or two ago more so was, you know, do you have separate Facebook profiles? Do you have separate right. Twitter handles, things like that. And, you know, I feel like majority of people I talked to in articles I've read, people decided like, well, no, you should blend some personality and mm-hmm. personal information kind of into like your professional accounts. But And I do do that a little bit, but I still like having that separation. Mm -hmm. I feel like I have two Twitter accounts. So I have a personal one, which, you know, is like all Simpsons tweets and like (laughs) (laughs) no one wants to read and just kind of like personal things with friends. And I do a little bit of that on my professional one, but I still like having that separation. And there's Mm -hmm. nothing bad on either one, but, you know, but kind of so to lead, you know, into kind of my next point about that. You really do. People are watching all the time. And that yes. sounds so creepy and paranoid. <laughs> but I think it's kind of good to know knowing that because I've been an editor, at least in some capacity for the last seven to eight years in my professional life. And I've had people, you know, email like my work email to be like, oh, I saw this tweet. Um, even if it was something, you know, completely unrelated, maybe it was like almost like a grammar nerd type of like retweet mm-hmm. where people mm-hmm. would be like, oh, did you retweet that? Because I made this like grammatical error in the email I sent you. That's unprofessional. Like, it's like that, right? So it kind of, exactly where it's like, it's not going to stop me from tweeting out those similar things, but it Mm -hmm. does just kind of reinforce that even when you feel like you're not being watched, there could be that person out there who's just kind of waiting to jump on something. Always, always. And it's obnoxious. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting. I I was just going to say, I've, you know, I wasn't always this way, but with my social profiles, just like you, Kathleen, I'm very careful with them. I, on my Facebook profile, I write a certain way. I only talk about certain topics. I don't curse. I don't, you know, X, Y, Z. These are the rules on my Mm -hmm. Facebook page. On Twitter, I use that to communicate with a lot of uh, colleagues, more professional work. So sometimes it's fun stuff. But if an employer or a potential employer were ever to read that, I don't want to be embarrassed. I don't want them to look at it and see that I was doing something stupid or just <laughs> something nobody wants to read. So that's one thing that's kind of come to the forefront, I guess, is that you have to be so careful with your social posts, no matter where they are, because most of the time you're easy to find and then everybody wants to judge you for anything anyway. So Mm -hmm. you you have, it's constant PR. It's constantly monitoring what you're doing, what you're saying, how you're saying it, what you're presenting yourself to be. And it's exhausting, but it's necessary, (laughs) especially in this world. Mm -hmm. No, I completely agree. And I thought you made an excellent point where you're like, it's constant PR. Uh, Mm -hmm. My PR director at the Penny Quarter, she's, you know, very, aware of that as well. And she's so great at her job. And that's one thing, you know, we're starting to have a lot of employees kind of be brand ambassadors and do TV spots Mm -hmm. and things like that. But if she notices that, you know, maybe she'll want to tag an employee in like a, you know, a local news spot on Facebook, if it looks like they're you know, profile is pretty personal and not Mm -hmm. like work related in the least bit. She's like, you know, I make that, you know, it's PR, but it's also being considerate. Like, I don't want to tag someone and kind of bring their personal, you know, profile to the forefront for a bunch of people on my network to see that maybe, you know, and maybe, again, they're not doing anything inappropriate, but it's just really 
their personal space. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but, you know, not everyone is always, you know, cognizant of that. Mm-hmm. That's interesting because I do not have separate Facebook profiles. Um, and for many years, I didn't add anyone work related to my Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, but that has kind of shifted probably the last five years. I am more careful, though. Um, you're going to see a lot of pictures of my kids. That's that's pretty much what you're going to see. Um, my kid's adorable, so, yeah. Uh, and, you know, pictures of me traveling and things like that. I'm also careful of what I like, like even um, yes. Yes. Like political climate, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I don't, you know, I think before I hit, like, other people are going to see this. Exactly. Um, and I don't avoid being political at all, but I, I am careful with um, things like that. And I don't know, it's interesting because I can't, I don't have the brain space to do two Facebook profiles. Like there's just <laughs> no way. I also have a super unique name, so I don't really know how that would work. Mm-hmm. My Twitter is mostly professional. Um, it's the only reason I use it is because of work. Honestly, I'm not. I like Twitter, but it's it's just not something I use on a personal level. LinkedIn is obviously professional. It's always professional um, for me. But yeah, I don't know. Um, and I think what you were saying about liking certain things on Facebook, it's scary. I I now know the type of underwear a friend of mine wears because he liked to post. <laughs> I don't need this. Isn't the me underwear ones? Is it the meat? What is it? Oh, I don't there's, know, but I saw so it. There's a brand. <laughs> I saw it, and I was just like, this is why I don't like everything. Even if I actually do, even if I agree with it, people do not need to know. They don't need to know all this stuff about me. They can get to know me in real life. <laughs> <laughs> me undies is the one I'm thinking of. It's the world's most comfortable underwear and lounge, and I swear we're not affiliated with them. I've just seen them on my Facebook <laughs> a lot. <laughs> Oh, man. That's funny. Yeah, that's, I don't know. I think it's it's kind of interesting, especially in our industry. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually saw, and you guys might have seen this, I, I won't call anybody out, but somebody in, our, in the, the more marketing industry posted something rather political, and somebody started giving her stuff, yes. kind of giving her crap about it. Yes. Like, this isn't professional, and she's just like, look, I that's a new world. Like, in my industry as a speaker, I'm perfectly comfortable sharing these kinds of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is how I feel about it. So I thought that was interesting because, yeah, back in the day, you wouldn't probably even mention what kind of cigars you liked. Right. Whatever. Maybe that's an odd example. But today <laughs> it, it is much more acceptable to share your political affiliation, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. to share certain things that I would have never mentioned at work. Even me, I wouldn't have mentioned at work 10 years ago. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, I don't know, I... I'll be interested to see how where we're at in another 10 years um, as far as that kind of thing goes. Um, I think that's part of why we burn out or why we feel like we're about mm-hmm. to is because just always being on edge, you're always feeling like, what if I post this and I'm going to be attacked or what have you? And, you know, one of the ways I try to kind of be careful about that is when I do travel, especially internationally, I only travel with Wi-Fi. I don't get a data plan. And so if I'm out and about, nobody can get a hold of me. I can't see what's going on on Facebook. With yeah. a major political thing going on, I don't have to pay attention to it because I honestly can't. And yeah. it helps me detach, which is, I mean, <laughs> sometimes you just need to be <laughs> away. That's why I like cruises, actually. Oh. Um, 
the Wi-Fi is terrible and it's super expensive, <laughs> and so you're just like, sorry. Ah, interesting. I've never been on a cruise, but that is, uh, see, in a way, though, not having it available, does it kind of stress you out, or is it relaxing to kind of cut off completely? To me, it's relaxing, and I think it depends, too, on like what your team is. If you're very much a type A and can't let go and don't have anyone that you can trust, mm-hmm. which I think that's more personality then um, somebody can totally do it just as good as you, I promise, or good enough. Um, So Kelsey, the executive editor at SCJ, we rely on each other back and forth. Um, So one of us is always on. Um, I absolutely trust her. When I went on maternity leave um, last year, this time last year, actually, um, uh, Meg, one of our uh, editorial assistants, and Caitlin are social media producer took over my tasks and I was absolutely able to completely let go. Like, good. I think it depends on the team. Like SCJ is, that's extremely important. Um, I did log in like once a week to check my email, but that's me personally Mm -hmm. because I didn't want to come back to 2000 emails. Like the idea (laughs) of that just stressed me out. So taking time while the kids passed out of my chest to delete emails was totally worth it to me. Um, So I think part of it is, personal personality, like individual personality. Mm -hmm. And part of it's the team that you have and the team that you work for and finding people that you can trust. Yeah. And I kind of want to use this as a segue because this is such an interesting conversation. I think we could all go on and on. Um, But there's a lot of tools that you can use, tools, gadgets, stuff like that, um, to either help you completely disconnect or to work more productively. Um, One of the ones that I've heard most recently a mom had where she – basically made her phone not, it wouldn't work say between three and six when the kids were home. Mm-hmm. And then after 1230 at night, because she's like, I'll lay in my bed and I do that so bad. I will spend an hour scrolling. Why? I have no idea. Nobody's saying anything new. I said this in the email we had, but it's, mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> a kid is standing with the refrigerator door opening, expecting something new to pop up. Yep. <laughs> yes. There's nothing new. Like, I'm literally on Facebook going, somebody do something interesting. (laughs) I could be sleeping. I could be doing a million other, but for some reason, I don't know. Um, So, yeah, tools-wise, what do you guys use? Do you think the tools can work, um, tools or resources? And do you think, um, or do you think that just adds to the noise? Uh, Kathleen, if you want to go first for this one. Yeah, that's an interesting question because I think, you know, like what you said, it could it could help um, or adding tools to the mix could just add more noise and kind of be more things to monitor and check and wait for a notification and a ping from this a ping from that. I think, mm-hmm. you know, on my work, in addition to email, we use Slack, although Slack is pretty much the yes. primary conversation driver. And we tried to email as little as possible. And yes. I think Slack is good. Um, but we also work in an open office space. So it's nice, you know, you can, if you choose to, a uh, weird concept in some offices, but you can go <laughs> on, you know, and go over to the person to ask them a question, which is great. I think, you know, it all comes down to personality modification for me. I, I completely agree with like the mindless Facebook scrolling, things like that. I mean, there's so many other examples of, you know, similar things that we all do. And I think it's just kind of having the wherewithal to be like, what am I doing? Like, I need to stop or, yes. you know what, I'll be on Facebook for 10 minutes and then I have mm-hmm. to stop everything and move on. Mm-hmm. So I don't know that I've really found any tools that help um, in terms of increasing my productivity. It's just been more so personal for me to kind of know when to stop myself or when to kind of 
say, you know, maybe even just like be alone with my thoughts. Like we're so used to being in lines now at the store or anything else where like your first reaction is to take out your phone and like go on Instagram or something else or text somebody where I tried to be more mindful of that as well. Like I can, I can be alone. Mm -hmm. I don't need to be on my phone and just again, take a breather, take a break. Uh, I will say that I don't get any push notifications on my iPhone. Me neither. Yeah, that's one thing. And, uh, you know, I'm around my boyfriend more than anybody else. And he gets push notifications for everything. And just even watching him and watch like one new thing like pop up. I just that's one thing that I said no to a long time ago and uh, definitely better off for it. My husband gets them in the middle of the night and it drives me crazy. (laughs) Go ahead, Mandy. Well, I know, you know, I've struggled for a while with fear of missing out the FOMO phenomenon Mm -hmm. and something that's kind of helped me more so than apps or whatever else is forcing myself to just leave my phone somewhere. You know, Mm -hmm. when I'm traveling, it's easy. I leave the house. I have no Wi-Fi. I can't connect. But when I'm back in San Diego, if I need to run to the grocery store real quick, okay, I don't really need my phone. Put it on the table, walk away, don't do anything. Just, and of course, you know, you hit a red light. You want to check and see if someone's texted you, you, but you can't, you go to the store, you're in line, like you said, and you can't get online. And it's helping me to realize I don't need to check Facebook every five minutes. I don't need to look on Twitter to see the newest hashtag. Um, and you know, when it comes to work things, Slack, like you said, has helped a lot just because if I do need to go out and, get lunch somewhere, I can get Wi-Fi and check Slack and know that if something comes up for work, they can ping me and then I can help out even if I'm not on my computer. Um, so, you know, there are lots of apps out there that make it easier to communicate, whether it's WhatsApp or Slack or uh, Skype, whatever. Um, those help a lot, but making sure that I really disconnect and teach myself not to worry about missing that amazing post. It's going to be okay. It really will be. I, I will survive if I don't see some, uh-oh. For sure. Am I still um, Yeah, one of the things I used to always do, which was set my phone down like Mandy just said, um, and so I stopped doing that. I found myself a lot being like, where's my phone? Where's my phone? Um, you guys have inspired me. I'm going to start doing it again because... People would text me and be like, oh, you didn't respond. I'm like, I don't keep my phone glued to me. Exactly. Um, I think I was saying earlier, personality modification. I mean, behavior modification, right? You change the way you operate and you kind of change the way people, you know, expect you to communicate with them too. I think uh, this kind of ties into what we were talking about a little bit earlier, but I think it really depends on, you know, your team. Like you mentioned, you know, what kind of boss you have. If you have a boss who no matter what is going to expect you to answer your phone or be available at certain times of night where technically you should be off the clock. You know, that's difficult. That's a whole other story. But assuming mm-hmm. that you have control over that aspect of your schedule, I think, yeah, there's absolutely nothing wrong with, you know, changing your habits, changing your behavior, and just kind of, 
I don't know, training's the right word, but kind of on, um, mm-hmm. yeah, mm-hmm. training people to know when they can communicate with you and that, yeah, you're not dead if it takes you like 10 minutes to respond to text. <laughs> right? That's important. <laughs> uh, yeah, for sure. I kind of want to segue because another thought that I had that I kind of shared with you guys is I think in this world that learning to say no, like you're just saying, Kathleen, makes a huge difference. And so some jobs you're just not going to have that control. Yes. Um, there have been class action lawsuits about bosses that expect you to respond after hours. doesn't really apply to kind of our jobs because it's a little different, but, um, how and when do you say no, I guess? And do you think it's something you should do more of? Is it something that you're satisfied with? Um, I guess Mandy, you would go first this go round. Well, so I struggle with no, because there are a number of times where I want to say no, but it's more because I'm just nervous about the outcome or I don't know what's going to happen or whatever. So I like to say yes. But when it comes to work things, honestly, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of a yes person sometimes and that's to my detriment. And I don't know, Kathleen, what do you do? How do you, how do you handle it? Yeah. So it's, Difficult. I think going back to what I said, it really does matter who your boss is. Um, And I mean, I don't want that to, you know, kind of invite comments and say, well, you know, you treat people how to treat you. Uh, That's definitely Mm -hmm. true. But I've also had those bosses in past jobs where, you know, what kind of a misbrag, I guess, you know, like, oh, well, you're salaried, you know, and you're lucky you get benefits, you get this, mm-hmm. that, and the other, and you're not a regular nine to five. So therefore, you know, salary means you should be available 24 seven, you know, yeah. people who have that kind of attitude. Right. And, you know, when that's a boss, how do you change that? You know, you still can kind of hold your ground. But um, yeah, I think that's, that's kind of difficult. And you have to kind of make some personal decisions at that point, if someone just really is not going to kind of let you live your life outside of work. Mm-hmm. But I will say that, at, you know, the Penny Hoarder, we're technically a startup and this is the second startup I've worked at and I'm used to being hands-on and kind of involved in a lot of different areas. You know, my bosses are really, really good with being aware of burnout and actually, mm-hmm. you know, I just had to write up my Q1 kind of, you know, forecast and goals and how I did last year and, you know, what was reading my supervisor's feedback. And a lot of it was like, you know, you're doing great, but I, I want to make sure don't burn yourself out. It's so mm-hmm. easy to get caught up mm-hmm. in this and caught up in that. And, you know, we have a lot of staff members now make sure to delegate or ask for help. And, Good. you know, that is like half the battle. And I'm, I'm so grateful to work in an environment where, you know, right, it doesn't, it doesn't make me a better employee if I'm stressed out all the time and have so many things on my plate. So I think your work environment is very important and being able to help you confidently, you know, Mm -hmm. say how much you're going to take on and say no. But yeah, no is still sometimes difficult. But uh, like I mentioned at this job, it's, I'm grateful that I'm in an environment where I feel like I I don't have to think about whether or not I need to say no, because there are people who are willing to help out. Right. And picking up piggybacking off of that, what I've, what I do, I, I suppose, is I'll go to my boss and I'll just be honest with her. I'll say, listen, I've got these deadlines coming up. I'm kind of freaking out that I'm not going to meet them. What do I need to do? What, how do you want me to prioritize? And I've been lucky in the way and the fact that she will come to me and she's like, listen, let's delegate this out. Let's find a way to make it so that you're not working extra hours, that you are not this stressed out. And so it really does come down to having that teamwork, um, 
within your company. Because if someone's like, well, just work extra, I don't care. It has to get done. That's going to contribute to burnout so fast Mm -hmm. when you feel like nobody cares about your personal time. Well, then I don't care about my professional time. So, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm looking for a new job now. But when like there was one day where I told my boss that I had worked a couple of extra hours because I, excuse me, I was worried about my deadlines and about me meeting them. And she said, you should not be working extra. We need to figure out how to fix this. Let me know what your workload looks like. Let's divvy it out, whatever. And so maybe that's my sort of passive aggressive way of saying no is complaining about my workload and then having help. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, it, it entirely depends on your teammates and who you surround yourself with and who you are able to work with. Um, and luckily there are some really good bosses and really good colleagues out there. I agree. And I think, um, one of the most important things to avoiding a burnout is by having that help. Mm-hmm. Um, I actually use, we have editorial assistants with SCJ that are extremely helpful for that. And also, I run a parenting publication as well, and I use a VA for that, and it is, it gives me so much brain space. Um, I don't know how else to describe it. No, that makes <laughs> sense. It makes sense. Um, I just, that, and Kelsey's going to laugh at me when she listens to this, but there's an app called Boomerang for Gmail that also gives me a lot of brain space because you can set it to pop back up in your email, your uh, inbox. So, like, say um, somebody wants to be a guest on Marketing Nerds, and I'm like, well, crap, I need to look at X, Y, or Z, but I'm doing this, so boomerang that, send that back to me tomorrow morning. Yes. Or if I send Brent, um, who's notoriously bad at responding to emails sometimes, <laughs> I will um, I'll have it boomerang back if he doesn't reply in four days. That, just productivity-wise, um, and avoiding, I don't know, I just see my... You guys use Trello at all, all the, um, they're like little flashcards. Anyways, that's what my brain ends up looking like. And having, there's a few tools like that and having the support that you need is what helps me mm-hmm. stop from burning out. Mm-hmm. Um, so my final question, cause we're kind of running out of time, unfortunately, um, is how do you avoid the digital burnout? What specifically do you guys do to disconnect? Um, do you set aside vacations? Um, we touched on this a little bit, Mandy, you mentioned leaving your phone at home, things like that, but. I guess your final thoughts for everyone who's listening and Kathleen, if you want to go first for that. Sure. I think, I think it's first off crazy when all these articles come out about people not using their vacation time. I Um, I have never been that type of person. Uh, Although again, to be fair, it's twofold. Usually people who don't take it, um, or I mean, I'll I'll say anecdotally people who don't take vacation time, you know, feel like they can't, whether it's they don't have a dependable team or leadership will basically make them pay for it. So, right. Assuming that's not the situation and people are just, you know, not taking vacation, you know, if that's a situation, you know, set aside some money, make sure you plan ahead, definitely take some time off, even if you don't physically go anywhere. I think even just having a mental health day, you know, Mm -hmm. use your time Mm -hmm. off wisely, make sure you plan breaks for yourself. Uh, Danielle, you saying you employ a VA, I think that's so smart. And I was reading an article Mm -hmm. yesterday. And it was an interview with Sarah Blakely, the founder of Spanx. And she said, as soon as you can afford to hire your weaknesses, 
Um, but likewise, mm-hmm. I think even if your VA isn't handling your, you know, weaknesses, but it's just helping take things off your plate that are kind of potato chip tasks that, you know, just take up your time. I mean, do it, you know, same deal. And you can afford to definitely do that to, you know, offload that work and, you know, help, you know, clear some space, just, you know, help you relax a little bit, help you prioritize and, you know, put your energy toward things that matter. And, you know, we talked about this earlier as well, but if you need some separate social media pages and, you know, if it feels like double the work and you don't like or want to do that, then of course don't do it. But I have one Facebook profile that's pretty personal. Like I mentioned, I'm pretty big on Twitter. For me, that's not extra work. For me, that's kind of like, you know, um, peace of mind a little bit. Like I keep my one professional and then my other one's personal. So I don't mind kind of maintaining those two pages, but everything that we talked about, I think, you know, learning how to delegate, making sure you have some time to yourself, taking the time off of social media altogether, just to kind of give yourself a break and let yourself recharge, I think is important. Uh, One app that everyone at work was talking about that I finally downloaded this weekend was the Calm app. And it's Hmm. like guided meditation and like sleep stories. And I'm still kind of digging and figuring out what it's all about. But you know, we were watching the playoffs this weekend and it was like halftime. And I'm like, let me actually just like take out this app and check it out. And my boyfriend was actually like, no, what is that? That looks really interesting. And he was kind of getting into it too. It'll play like soothing sounds and just think, you know, a bunch of that kind of stuff. But it was kind of like instant calm, just like, you know, checking out the app. So yeah, I just, nice. all of those things rolled into one, I think, you know, are important for personal happiness and, you know, mm-hmm. career success as well. Sure. Yeah. Just being honest with yourself and doing what you can to pinpoint exactly what is causing the burnout. Just, I know for me, whenever I'm having a bad week or I feel like I just don't want to work anymore, I don't feel like getting up for work, whatever the case may be, there's generally one specific reason. Either I need a vacation or I hate doing this task and wish I could delegate it or, you know, this non-professional task that I need to do is totally weighing me down. Whatever the case may be, once I've pinpointed it, then I need to act on it to take care of it, to get it off my plate, to get it off my mind and if the burnout feeling is still there, then I need to see what else is going on. Because it's, it's, you know, it's like weeding your yard. You have to pull out the weeds to just clean it up. Just make sure that that is a terrible analogy. And that's where I want you to cut it <laughs> I had an idea and it wasn't coming to fruition. So- I not where you were going, but that, yeah. that's fine. No, I totally got where you were going. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, there you have it. My two cents. (laughs) This Marketing Nerds podcast has been brought to you by Search Engine Journal. For more news, interviews, and how-to guides from marketing experts from around the world, visit us at searchenginejournal.com.